you start to realize, oh, I need this other field or I need, it shouldn't be in this table, it should be in that table. You, or my entities, you start to creating your entities to figure out what data they're going to contain. And then you can develop a sane uh, schema from that. And you've done and, this before. Yes. <laughs> Good evening, everybody, my friends, my family, my co-workers, my coding community. You're listening to PHP Ugly. This is episode 185, day 24 of the quarantine. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me by my sides in a very virtual sense, not physically anywhere within six feet of me are my good friends, John Congdon. Hello, hello. Actually, according to our screen, we're like inches from each other, which is kind of weird. I, I like. I feel like I can just, just about touch you. Ooh, ooh. And my other good friend, Thomas Rideout. Hello. <laughs> How are we? You know, I'm excited. I tell you what, I'm not going to lie. I'm excited. I've been coding this week. I've been bringing up new services. We're getting back into the NoSQL world. Been been syncing databases. I've had a good week, and I'm just I'm just ecstatic to talk about it. But you know me, I will ramble. I will take on the show. So I will step back and see what everybody else is up to. Thomas, oh, man. Let's you're, start you're not with gonna you. you're not gonna like it. Uh oh, why not? Because it's the same old stupid rant that I've been giving for like a month now. What's that? I started my Laravel 7.4 upgrade. You sh- and you, you can't possibly be, still be doing that. Well, no, I just started. I, w- I was waiting for a seven day break. I got a seven oh, day oh. break. Laravel mm-hmm. 4.0 went out and there were seven days where it did not get updated. 7.4, so I, I assume you yeah. meant. So I officially started the migration got it almost completely done except for one package that I needed to clone into my own repo and fake and all that stuff. Mm. And uh, so went back to work the next day and 7.5 had been released. <laughs> yep. He's just every morning. You should just have a cron job that says comp- composer upgrade. I and just get on with your life, man. It feels it, like this is a scheme it. to make money off of Laravel shift. <laughs> I don't think Shift doesn't do Except point he... release upgrades. Plus, he doesn't he doesn't get anything out of Laravel Shift anyway. Uh, yeah, it's it's think, killing yeah. me. It is just killing me, and I can I cannot tell you with you any certainty what the it. version is going to be tomorrow. <laughs> you look, just learn learn to embrace it, baby. Just you know, as long as it doesn't go to eight, you're fine. Just just assume you're fine at this point. Assume you, that you would Taylor th- is adhering. Now you would th- you you would think that I had. I would. I'm gonna hijack this for just a second since we're on Semver. No. We had an outage that I was called out of bed early this morning for because we did an npm upgrade of the Twilio client, which was a bug or uh, a patch version not even a minor release and everything broke there you go there you have it It, it's not a laravel issue it's just a open source maintainer issue 
I think this is more of a we're using the software incorrectly more than that, but all right. My rant over of a patch release breaking things. Go ahead. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of eights, uh, we did get an announcement. PHP eight has an official release date in December. Woo! So that will be exciting. Uh, that does include the just in time compiler. Uh, whether or not that's going to really mean a whole lot to anybody is still up in the air. But you know, forward progress. It's the way it goes. It is. It's good. Good stuff, man. Uh, I have an interesting bit of tidbit uh, for listeners of this show. Uh, you may have heard me start rave in the past of uh, one of our listeners, Syntax Seed. I really have become a fan of uh, their writing. Uh, they've been doing a lot of, uh, they were doing a lot of blog posts on uh, that dev uh, website I talked about. And um, started following her on Twitter and, and enjoying her posts there. We're interviewing her next week for a PHP podcast for the PHP Architect magazine. So mm-hmm. a listener of the show is going to be on the PHP Architect podcast. And I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I hadn't even realized when I was scheduling her for that, who who I was speaking to at the time. Very and, flattering. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, because I I, I don't associate her, her real name. I, I I know her by her Twitter handle, and uh, she she replies. She goes, "I'm really excited." I'm, and she says something like, "I'm a fan of the PHP Ugly podcast." I'm like, "That's silly." She's talking about the wrong pod. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> and then I then yeah, she goes on to explain who she is. I'm like, "Oh man, that's exciting! I'm I'm excited." So, um. That's right, you shoot Sherry. So we'll we'll be interviewing uh, Sherry next week for this month's uh, PHP Architect podcast. Uh, she has an article, I guess, an article in this month's magazine, which uh, I just downloaded today. I need to actually read the uh, read the magazine before yeah. before the interview. Yeah, I have to do that too. Probably be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. change things up. I read it really, beforehand. <clears throat> I really need to get this month's because they've got a machine learning article mm-hmm. that i just want to i want to get into I, I saw that that was the uh that was kind of the topic of this month's magazine machine learning so uh i i really think machine learning is like a tricky thing in the php world i'm really curious about what the articles are about so i i have i'm i can't wait to crack the uh crack the cover of this month's magazine yeah and uh sherry's article is sponsored by diego dev or at least it has the Diego Dev sponsorship on it, and is free to download <laughs> from the PHP Arch website. <laughs> she actually pointed out there's a uh, there's a grammar mistake in that uh, in that uh, uh, advertisement, which that advertisement has been running ever since we. That was one of the things that they. That's wanted why to we sh- get no leads from it, huh? <laughs> that's that's it. That's the reason we we've gotten no business from that advertisement. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta remember to to reach out to uh, editor in chief Oscar about that. I don't, I don't fixed. see it. What is it? Uh, it's it's like one of the it's like the very last set, sentence. It says the the or something like that. <laughs> it does. <laughs> what does it say? And the solutions the implement. Uh, yeah, it should say they it's implement. To be they yeah. implement. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, it's, so that, you guys don't do copy. You guys do programming. That's fine. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, besides that, what else you got going on, Thomas? Uh, thinking about trying to learn COBOL. That's probably a great yeah. idea because they are li- <laughs> literally begging people, whoever knows COBOL, to come to Jersey and uh, charge whatever you want. To, not to, just to Jer- not just Jersey, man. It's it's all over the place now that people have realized that all of the unemployment systems run on software from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, right? If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, with this coronavirus going on and the sudden surge of unemployment, a lot of these systems, which are very old legacy code from, like Thomas said, the seventies written in COBOL are having trouble managing the load and these different uh, states and cities are looking are begging for anybody with any COBOL skills at all to volunteer. I don't think they're paying to be honest. I think they're asking for volunteers uh, to volunteer their time to help fix these systems to to manage this influx. Um, This goes to show you now, if you were if you were in the finance finance uh, sector of the world, you know COBOL is still a very big thing there. Like it's scary how many of our financial systems are dependent on COBOL, and I think this is a perfect example of a gap that's happening that we don't even realize that's going to get catastrophic at some point where there are becoming fewer and fewer COBOL programmers and fewer and fewer people who understand COBOL and we still have all these mission critical systems that our finance industry are absolutely dependent on that require that language there there has to be something done about this at some point either we have to figure out how to migrate off this off this legacy code or we have to suck it up and and you know have some incentives for people to learn this ancient language and continue to to maintain these systems, or better yeah, yet, it, it, get everyone back to work so there's not so much unemployment, right? This, I mean, this whole this whole paycheck protection program that was supposed to go out to help small businesses is just taking too long, so businesses can't hire their people back and pay them. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, we're feeling it, that. It's it's crazy, but I. This so this so borders on the edge of political, but it's not. I assure you. I, I see po- posts on Facebook where people are saying, "Well, the hospital where I live, just outside of whatever hotspot, has tons of people sitting around doing nothing. There's empty beds, and there's all this. You know, people are getting laid off because there's not enough traffic at the hospital. You know, the media is making a total hoax out of this thing. And I'm like, I'm like flashbacks to, to the Y2K bug where I'm like, no, no, no. Making a big deal out of it is why the hospital beds are empty. That's Mm -hmm. the point of making a big deal. What we have done is succeed in Colorado. We, we took the curve from Monday. It was, we were, we were one week out from the peak of the curve Mm -hmm. Tuesday where the peak of the curve was two days behind us already. We had actually flattened the curve so effectively that we were not going to run out of beds or ventilators in Colorado. And to, to say that this is like some kind of media hoax or that people are blowing it out of proportion 
is such a, a ridiculously stupid thing to say because there are places mm-hmm. that don't have beds and don't have ventilators. Just because your town in Texas has open mm-hmm. beds does not mean San Francisco's doing great. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's My- so frustrating to see people consider their personal bubble of information as the totality of what's going on. You know, they, they dug mass graves in New York. Mm -hmm. Shut up about your stupid conspiracy theories. They've got, they've got refrigerated trucks outside of hospitals to store the bodies in. Right. And we're still, we're still a week and a half out from the curve in nationally. So we're Mm -hmm. still not at peak usage. We're at standard usage for where we're, you know, where we are in the curve. But if the, if the curve doesn't flatten out moving forward in the next week, then we're going to have tragic amounts of people dying. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's so frustrating seeing people who they, they claim to be so informed and so politically aware. <laughs> and then they retweet the stupid comments by people who got laid off from a hospital that doesn't have enough people coming into the ICU. Yeah. Like, yes, I feel bad well, for you if you got laid off, but that this is this is the epidemic. This is the pandemic, is the fact that we have to take care of it one way or another. Either people die or people are unemployed. Right. And, and again, I don't I don't I don't want to make this a whole coronavirus show again. We talked a lot about last week, but my wife my wife who's in the health industry, um, you know, she actually has to go into the hospital. Matter of fact, she's gotta go in tomorrow and it really freaks me out every every day she spends in that hospital but she goes nuts like uh she was explaining to me and i'll be honest it's something i didn't even think about but uh she was talking about she, she she's going nuts over the people wearing gloves wearing surgical gloves first thing there was a massive oh, yeah. shortage of them yeah right? and the fact that people people you know walk around they they actually caught people leaving her department trying to steal boxes of their gloves it's ridiculous but um she's like she's like i i was explaining i was asking like what's driving you what drives you so crazy about it she's like nobody does it right it's like the fact that you have a have the gloves on doesn't do anything if you don't use them correctly she's and she's like think about a doctor everything a doctor touches with those gloves on either gets sanitized or thrown away she's like think about you when you wear the gloves to stain, what do you touch? You touch nothing. You touch only stuff that you're okay getting stain on, and then you take them off. Because you got people to now wearing gloves all day long. They're touching their phones. They're touching yeah. their wallet. They're touching their face. Like, you know, they're not transferring the, the virus that way. The virus is still on the gloves. You can't be touching <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah, it's a single-use like, situation. Exactly. She goes, and that's the other thing. You 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 get you get somewhere in your car. You put your gloves on. You get out your car. You get back to your car. You take your gloves off. You get into your car, and you know the gloves go in the trash. That's how you have to do it. Yeah, and it's, I'm like, it's holy like it's, crap! If you you're go, right. If you order a sandwich from Subway, you'll notice that they make a sandwich, take the gloves off, put on new gloves. Mm-hmm. You have to. That's a, it's an allergen issue for them, and you you have to single use every pair of gloves as soon as you've done a transaction. Gloves off in the trash, new gloves. Right. Uh, you can't be touching things between. You can't be touching no. your phone. You can't be, yeah. And she really blew my mind when she said that. I'm like, you're absolutely right. All these people walking around with these gloves on thinking that they're 
protecting themselves are you know probably just as naive as you know not wearing gloves at all. Yeah, all and, right. and then uh, half of Facebook ads are for masks now. Yeah, Ugh. that that's that feels yucky, doesn't it? Yeah, it's opportunistic sales. It's just yeah. What are you, John? I know, John. I tell you what. I think over the last week, John and I have worked harder for less money than we have <laughs> since starting Diego Dev. We we have been churning and burning. The the levels of stress I've felt over the past week or two is just. I just don't know how I'm dealing with it. I go out and I like, not only the business but personal things going on as well that i don't want to get into but it's just been mm-hmm. a hell of a week or two yeah uh between you know dealing with the downturn in some things due to the virus and trying to get make sure we're, our employees are covered and taken care of to additional business we've taken on so we we lost a ton of revenue from one client and we've added in a little bit from a couple other clients and trying just to manage all of that and keep keep everything kind of just moving forward is it's taking a toll. Yeah, it's tough. And and yeah. It's really it's really really been challenging, but we'll we'll get through it. We'll push through. On top I tell of that, you, I, you know, you still got our daily work. I'm glad, work to I'm glad do I got too. you, John. Huh? I said on top of that, we have our daily work we have to get done too. We we, yeah. we not only do we run the business, but we both still code, which I yep. love doing. And, and I keep finding myself being distracted from the coding to do something. And uh, last night it was a couple hours going back through years of payment history for one client to prove no, all of our payments are done in arrears. That's been the biggest thing of our business since we started is we don't charge our clients up front. We want to prove our value. We work a month, and then you pay us for that month. And because we've been doing this for years, we've gone through different accounting systems, different invoice systems, different banks. And they've gone through multiple accountants. So somewhere along the way, they lost in translation that fact that we pay in arrears. So it came came to April 1st. I sent the invoice for the end of March or for March. And this is when they, they cut the the contract in half. So they want to give us half of what they owe us. Cause they're thinking they're paying for April. It's like, no, now I got to figure all this out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I think, I think the day before that was one of the days we were on a call at eight 30 at night. Wasn't it? It was one day this yeah. week we were, one, it, on a call yeah. at like eight thirty at night with a client, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, I tell you. But we will get through this, and like I said, I've been I've been doing some coding. I'm I'm real excited. It's funny. Um, I I actually the client one of the client projects I'm working on. I told John this morning. I'm I'm actually I'm walking the dog, and I messaged him. I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about this client, and I had a meeting with him yesterday, and. I think I want to go ahead and buy another Nova license and 
uh, install it for their for their app because it really seems like the way they're looking to use this, you know, the back end as administrators is a good fit for Nova. And I still think that's the case. And man, I tell you what, the amount of progress you make with Nova is so worth it. Um, so I have I have a developer working on a CRUD system for users. So these are non-administrators. This wouldn't be a wouldn't be Nova users, right? It's just a CRUD system for for a user to to create their account, create blah blah blah. And he's been working on it for about two days now. It's it's not super complex. There's just a lot of fields. There's a lot of polymorphic relationships. Uh, you know, attaching attaching stuff. So it's it's not super complex. It's just a lot of grunt work, and he's worked on it for for two days now. And I think he I think he was planning on being done today. I pulled in Nova, and I got pretty much the whole admin section done in like three four hours. And I'm like, wow, that just that just paid for itself right there. I'm so now I will say Nova does not like UUIDs. That was that was fun to learn. I'm like. I'm trying. I'm trying to work with our database, and it's just throwing up all sorts of errors. I'm like, God damn it! And so you know, I'm having to Google. It's like, yeah, no, Nova doesn't do UUIDs, and I'm like, oh. So fortunately, I found some people who had figured out. Oh, all you have to do is write a migration to change a couple of tables, and you know, I was able to do that. So you, you, I got it working. It was just, it's just one of those things. It's like, man, I can't believe UUIDs are still like a not a thing for Nova. It seems like I, I, I love UUIDs, but man, it's always, it, it, it always ends up throwing me that curveball on like packages or whatever I'm trying to use. Nobody ever takes in consideration that my ID might be a UUID. So that's all been fun. I'm enjoying it. You're going you're to need to give me a tour of Nova tomorrow because I still don't understand yeah. what we're getting out of it. Yeah, I, I'd love to. And I, I still want to show you, I was trying to, get john hyped about couch db uh i set up yeah. some syncing between a couple couch db servers and i'm hyped we're, we're about consider- it i mean i i used it a little bit with you or not in a production environment but used it when setting it up a couple years ago just checking it out and i know how easy it is mm-hmm. so it would be yeah uh, it's not like i'm not hyped about it no, just just <laughs> tell them that there's no animal products or byproducts in it. Don't start. Don't, <laughs> don't start. I've been good about oh. not talking about that with Eric for a long time now. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. I, I will. I will say, uh, Matt, uh, my buddy Matt up in Canada turned me on to a new series on Netflix, which you both might appreciate. Uh, so I, I, I am. I am very. Cautious about are aware of sustainable food lines. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of sustainable food. And uh, he turned me on to uh, a new series on Netflix called Rotten. I'm like, Uh. God bless. It's like it's like everything you can think of has some sort of corruption around. That's that's why I can't watch any of those documentaries because Uh. all all they are is just like. Like, hey, do you like uh, going for a swim? Guess how many children you killed doing it? I'm like, yeah. no, I don't want to know. This is very much like that. This is this is why you should not eat avocados. And, and then it gets into all this like backstory of all the you know killings and everything that happened around the avocado industry. I'm like, 
that's right. I don't like avocados anyways, but it's like everything. Everything mm-hmm. has got like some level of corruption to it. It's uh but yeah, let's not go From down my that understanding, path. But bananas are pretty bad too. Bananas? Yeah, they the named van- a whole the they banana. named an entire war crime after bananas. What's that? what's that? Banana Republics. <laughs> Seriously, it's a it's a type of corporate war crime. Uh yeah, uh, it, it just started on uh, Mexican wine. Was the I, I watched the avocado one could, and it was going into Mexican wine. What could be wrong with that? <laughs> uh, but let's move on. Let's try to I focus yeah. on coding. You know, I remember back before I was a Mac person when I when I still used IE. All my Mac friends got super excited. When Microsoft released Internet Explorer for Mac, and they just went apeshit, and all these developers are like, "Oh, I can move to the Mac now because there's Internet Explorer." Blah blah blah. And of course, they never maintained it. It it, it basically died on the vine and, and and moved on. I'm like, that yeah, that will never ever happen again. Well, shows you how much I know. Do you know Microsoft Edge now has an OS X for a Mac OS version of it? Yeah, not only that, that. it's it's beating Firefox. It's beating Firefox. Wow. Yep. I did not even know Microsoft. I I didn't realize they were even on anybody's radar. I didn't even realize people with Windows was using Microsoft Edge. Well, Microsoft Edge forces, like, Windows forces you into Microsoft Edge because ever since they complained that the browser was a core part of the operating system, They've been integrating it more and more and more fundamentally into the operating system. Mm-hmm. So now when you open up the control panel, that's a Microsoft Edge window. It's mm. it's awful. Yeah, I guess I guess there's a version for Android, there's a version for iOS. Yeah, because uh, it's built on Chrome. It's easy to port. That is very interesting. Frank says, I had to install Edge the other day. Frank, why would you have had to install Edge? I am very curious to hear this answer. And please, please don't tell me it's one of those sites that it's like, oh, yeah, you have to have Microsoft Edge to view this site. I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> I really hope that's not the case. But, yeah, I was I was flabbergasted. I didn't download it and install it. I probably should. I mean, but. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm very happy with my Firefox. Um, You're still sticking with Firefox, huh? I am still with Firefox. Uh, I don't even. I, I, I don't even really notice it anymore. I, I have. I have started using that shift again. I. I you might remember that shift where I I plug mm-hmm. certain apps and shift, stuff in it. Shift app, I think. Yeah. I started using that again for all my Gmail stuff uh, because there it was just some quirkiness in Firefox I didn't like, uh, so I just kind of do that. But I don't fire up Chrome anymore. Um, yeah, no, I I, I uh, doesn't even notice anymore. I, I, I moved on from Brave. I, I did like Brave for a while, but again, I'm kind of supporting the message behind Firefox and you know what they who they are and. That's really the the reason I'm doing it, but um, but yeah, I don't notice it. It's, it works pretty well. I think I'm just so used to the the Chrome Inspector, the JavaScript 
console within Chrome that every time I try to use it in Firefox, it annoys me. Yeah, it's I'm not, a, it's a not sure why, but I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you what the difference is now. But I know what you're saying. When I went to Firefox, it it was just different enough where it was like, oh, wait a minute, where's this tab? What's this tab? But now, now thinking about it, I couldn't even tell you what the difference between the two are. But yeah. I get it. I get it. And and you know what? I try not to try not to be one of those people that like, oh, you shouldn't be using Chrome or you shouldn't use this, shouldn't use that, because you know, next month it's gonna be Firefox. You shouldn't use Firefox for some reason. So uh I'm not gonna care. I think there's an there's an episode of Rotten about when you use Firefox, it burns down a forest. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> You know why it's Firefox, right? Because they actually kill real foxes to make yeah. it. <laughs> so, Thomas, I actually put something on my board. I was I was hoping that uh, would would kind of spark your interest. Did you see that uh, the register article I put in there about the yes. Boeing seven eighty seven? So there is there is a. Uh, I know you don't look at Trello anymore, John. So I'll I'll explain it to what's, you. But what's Trello? They, they have. There is a uh, Boeing seven seven eighty seven. Uh, I guess the FF. What is it? The FAA. Or uh, yeah, the FAA has ordered that the Boeing seven seven eighty seven must be rebooted every fifty one days because they discovered there is a coding uh, a coding bug in it that could potentially lead to like a catastrophic failure of the system, and so. Every 51 days, they have to reboot the entire airplane to avoid this coding issue. Doesn't How crazy reboot is every that? time they shut it down? I'm confused. That That's how I felt. I'm like, do these things just not, do they never turn off like a commercial airline? Does it, like some part of it always stay turned on? It might. I don't. I thought I don't they were know. supposed to be like things. inspected every 30 days. Well, if, if, they, if they know there's a bug there, Fix the damn bug. <laughs> well, okay, so it's not that easy. It's a it's a memory leak. Yeah, what's not well, easy about it? That can be hard to find. Uh, yeah. Of course, if you're listening to the show, we'll put all these in the show notes. I I, I have been terrible at adding show notes to um to the podcast, but we have enough articles this week. I'll make sure I add it to the show notes and get it out there well, to everybody but yeah that's because last week it was just all i had to write was coronavirus slash covid19 and that was the entire pretty show much, pretty much yeah <laughs> but it's cool here's a link, I, here's a link I, to cdc.gov and you're done <laughs> i actually i actually found an article 10 famous bugs in the computer science world and there is some pretty funny bugs in here that uh I'll I'll include this in the let me let me attach this to Trello now before I forget. There is some pretty awesome bugs in here. First thing, I didn't even realize. Do you remember um, Gangnam Style? Mm-hmm. That that whole Gangnam Style. I wish I didn't, but yeah. That was actually one of the one of the biggest bugs uh, in in history. Uh, apparently, that video because of how popular it got and how fast it it got it. Uh, showed that um, 
YouTube didn't design their 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 code to handle the like the what is a 32 bit signed integer. The max value of the thirty two bit signed integer is you know whatever, and and later they had to change their view count so that it was a sixty fit sixty four bit signed integer because Gangnam Style broke YouTube. I'm like that's that's crazy. I never even knew about that. Of course, they have that's, some in here that like literally killed people. Yeah, and which is hard. They don't have some in here that literally killed people. Yeah, yeah. They, There's these are these are some. A, a lot of these were like, you know, uh, they didn't account. They didn't account for like uh, one, one of I forget which one it was, but one of them was they were measuring things uh, in Imperial and. In, in in one part of the program, and then they were measuring things and metrics shuttle, in the other part of the program. Huh? Didn't that happen on the shuttle? On the space shuttle? The shuttle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I yeah. think that that was the one. Uh, Which one? Let me look through here real fast and see if I can find it. Uh, Mars climate. Yeah, uh, the the Mars uh, climate orbiter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The orbiter thruster used imperial units, pounds of force, rather than metric units, newtons, and it conflicted with each other. So that—that's, I guess, what that is what destroyed that. That was. Let's see. It said the project was designed with the cost of one hundred and twenty-five million dollars to study the Martian surface and, and climate. The communication was cut, and the orbit—the or, orbiter entered the Mars atmosphere at the wrong angle rather than entering the planet's orbit. So it just basically, you know, decinerated itself. <laughs> that well, was a also, good call, John. There's the, the Theriac 25, which was a, a an X-ray machine that had a race condition in it that killed oh. people. Oh, that's I hate hearing the, about that. They don't have the most famous one, though. That's the thing that, that gets me, is the the origin of the term computer bug, which was a punch card that had a dead bug on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess I, that could have gone on here. That, that would have been, that would have been at least an honorable mention for that one. That would have been a good one. I like the PayPal error. I guess PayPal had an error in, in their code. Again, it was again with the whole 64 bit numbering issue. And for a brief amount of time, some guy in Pennsylvania was the richest person in the world with ninety-two <laughs> quadrillion dollars in his PayPal account. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, I wanted to be there. I just wanted a screenshot of that. I mean, I would tell PayPal they could have it back. I just want a screenshot of it. So yeah, there's some. There's not some my good fault. You're in your here. system. You owe me this money. Yeah, you can't have it back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was fun. But yeah, man, I'm getting back, getting doing some coding, getting in there again. I'm really enjoying it. God, I love coding so much. Love coding. Do you make do you make any progress on that testing we were talking about, or do we need to jump on that together? Yeah, we need to get. Yeah, we we need to circle back around that. Matter of fact, uh, our, our developer wants to actually take part of that as well. We can talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm so. trying to talk to Eric. So often, and I'm I'm super guilty of this as well, when it comes to writing, especially a new feature or a new project, jumping straight to the database and then trying to get the schema and then figure out how the application is going to work. And I was trying to tell Eric, with this one, let's try test-driven development in a way that we're going to 
get all of our classes done first to figure out what data we need, how we're going to manipulate it before deciding what the database scheme is going to be. Seems sane. So, I, so you, so, I, so I'm, I'm glad you agree with him because I still struggle with it because in my head, I'm, I'm thinking, well, if we're going to mock what it's going to be, then how is it going to help us with the database? Right, because, because you can change because you can change your mock as as you're building it out, you start to realize, oh, I need this other field, or I need it shouldn't be in this table, it should be in that table. You, or my entities, you start to creating your entities to figure out what data they're going to contain, and then you can develop a sane uh, schema from that. And you've done and, this before. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We'll we'll cut it's that. Not a presentation on it. I'll, 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 I'll cut that. I'll cut that. What I thought was a very simple question. No, it's in my mind. I know that's the way to do it, and I've been. I think it comes from I've been writing so many tests lately, writing so much code from those tests, and. Rewatching things like uh, tomorrow, we're we're having a meeting with a bunch of developers after watching Andy Cassell's Immutability for an Ever Changing World. Rewatch, mm-hmm. rewatching that presentation, and we're gonna have a whole conversation around that. That presentation itself changed the, a lot of how I code as it stands. Mm-hmm. And then I've got I've start, got to get I've got to get more disciplined about testing. Yeah. So. You you take those those principles that he has in there, and you start applying them to your unit test, and then figure it just it all starts to work together and, and is amazing. Just trust me, mm. it's gonna work well. I do trust you, uh, and, and I'm I'm excited to to, to do it. But I, my 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 need to produce, and, and I I, I understand all the all the arguments. Right yeah. yeah. Especially when it's clients, man. It's like I get so stressed about timelines and deliverables. I'm like, man, they're but, they're, they're not so, gonna care about testing. Then yes and no. The fact what I really liked is this client gave us the exact test cases, giving mm-hmm. us examples of all the all of this data and how what we think is gonna be three tables kind of all works together. Taking those use cases and turning them into tests should be super easy. Now it's just figuring out how to make that code behind it give us the results that we are expecting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the I part I'm co- super excited about is we don't always have that those test cases up front like we should. I got a development question for you too. This is something that was brought up. I, I remember it was a thing back in the 90s. And I actually remember looking into it because uh, the company I was working for at the time was very... Uh, proprietary in their software solutions, and they they were thinking that this is something that they wanted to do, and we we ended up, you know, not going in that direction. I've always been pretty thankful that we didn't. But I don't want to say the name of the site, but uh, a friend of mine today sent me a link to a site and asked me my opinion of it, and and it, it was basically um, one of these services that obfuscates your code. It's it's designed for PHP. So it doesn't really encrypt it. It just obfuscates it. 
Uh, am I saying that right? Yeah. Obfuscates. Yep. Obfuscates. Right. Yeah. right. What? What? Are, what's your thoughts on that? Stupid. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Why? I, the, what? the, 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 the feedback. Purpose? The feedback I gave. It, well, because the idea is that when when he's doing client work, you know that they don't get the code for free. Like you know, he'll do the they work. Still, they still get the they still get the code. It still runs. Right, but they can't. They can't just. They, they can't, can't change it without it. some work. And the, and the thing I told him is like you know my experience with it. A, you take a performance hit, and B, you lose all ability to do any debugging in production. I don't think you so, take a performance hit, do you? There's no performance hit. Uh, well, I didn't test. I didn't test. I, again, this was uh, 10, 15 years ago, so I, I haven't tested it recently. But the solution we had tested back then, you did. Um, so I mean, it's maybe just like, minif- so it's like minified JS, right? Is all no. It is. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Um, no, it's got it's got to do. I mean, it's a whole translation. It's not, it's not minified. So that's all. That's I, all I was is. What are you talking about? I was going to let I'll, you. Uh, I was going to let you go on for a while on this. I used this extensively in the nineties. Oh, did you? Okay, it did. Um, I cannot figure out what the name of the package I used was. It uh, wasn't too expensive. Uh, there is Zend Guard. That was um, the one we, we, we had been testing back in. Uh, oh, hey, hey, here's Matt. Incredible. Yeah, hey, and I, Matt. I think I used something like Blue Orb or something like that. Um, and Encrypted is different than Obfuscated, though. Yeah, I don't know. Matt, well, are, Matt is in our chat. And Matt, are you saying that it was... It, I don't think it was encrypting. I think it was obfuscate, off, obfuscating it. Some of them, some of them called it compiling. Some of it called it encryption. Some of it called it obfuscating. Obfuscating is the best term because there isn't really a secret key. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still actually PHP code that just runs through some sort of proprietary thing, some proprietary module. Um, for example, the Zend Guard one. There's a unguard application you can download that mostly takes it apart um Mm -hmm. but i used this because i had production machines that went out with proprietary code and were deployed in real like uh fairground environments Mm -hmm. and we were afraid that one of our competitors would grab one of these machines that we were selling and take the code out and steal it. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a good, that's a good use case for it. Yeah. And that was, we had, it was a serious concern of ours because that the industry was very, very competitive and we had a product that no one else had and uh, you know, everyone has it now, but at the time we were the only company that, that did this. And so we, we didn't want our code to get out. We didn't want the algorithm for securing our tickets to get out because that was in it as well. Um, so, so John, Matt, Matt was mentioning that it was actually encryption. You're saying it it is encryption looking at it. The one, the one you, you wrote that you sent me, it's encrypted PHP source code. So encryption is different than obfuscation. Yeah. But the problem with encryption is that if they have, 
total physical access to the source code, they probably have the encryption key as well. So obfuscation actually works better because the time to figure out the obfuscation methodology is much more complicated than the encryption methodology. Because you can, you can run pretty quickly through all the encryption methodologies that are out right, there. Right, but, but the, the point of this, the one that I'm looking at now, is I can write some software, encrypt it, give it to you with a key that only you can run. And granted, if you let go of the code and the key, there's an issue. But now I can yeah. give you a copy with your own key. I can encrypt it again for Eric with his own key. So mm -hmm. everyone can... So I know I'm selling the key to specific people. If it gets out in the... I'm sure there's ways to write some sort of contract there where if it gets out into the wild and I find out it was your key, there could be some sort of issue there. Yeah, I, it's it's piracy. It's an anti-piracy measure. It's an, it's a an ancient problem that has yet to be so, solved. But yeah, who's going to so, write? I mean, yeah, who's... I, mean, that, that, I guess I'm fine sharing it. I mean, it's it's not as controversial, I guess, as I thought. And I think Thomas brought up some good use case for it. But uh, the the site I'm talking about, and again, we'll put this in the show notes, it's called PHP Bolt, phpbolt.com. So, yeah, you're right. It does say right right on the front page, encrypt and decrypt PHP source code. I, I forget where I was looking at where I, I thought it was actually obfuscating it. Um, oh, that's what I did. I, if you click on encrypt PHP, it says PHP obfuscated, obfuscate source code for free. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Ion Cube, that's the one I was using. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it, it, there's stuff like Laravel Shift. Uh, there's a Docker container version of Laravel Shift now, and I'm sure it's using some kind of encryption in it. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, you know, now that you bring that up, Thomas, I I could totally see in like like putting something together on like a Raspberry Pi in some stand somewhere at a mall for, to run something. Yeah, yeah I guess there yeah, I guess there could be use cases for it. Yeah, that and putting it on there, you have to have the key on there too, so you're not getting anything out of it. Well, but that's that's the thing that's is that true. with Laravel Shift you get a key and when you use it, it's a one-time use thing. It reports to a server that it got used. So. Yeah, but. This, this is a, it's a package for licensing single use, multi-use packages. It's uh it's for ensuring code security. You know, you might be able to run it once with that encryption key, but if you can't run it twice, then that's helpful. But you mm. only need, you only need it once in order to get the code. So. Mm, not really. It, that can get I mean, really tough. You have to be right, now, to use it. Well, no, because I, 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 I want to download and try this because you guys are driving me nuts. I want to see how this actually works now. Yeah, it's that's free. the thing. Is Go that for it. Part of what IonCube does is break all your variables up into random Unicode characters and like random stuff that you wouldn't expect to be supported that actually is supported. Mm -hmm. So even if you get the stuff decrypted, if it's been processed through IonCube, it's going to be a big mash of garbled mess. You'd have to refactor the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's I mean there are there are use cases. I've seen a couple of them. You know, PHP is probably not the the biggest market for this kind of thing. Mm. But I still think they're confusing obfuscation with encryption. Or I am. I No, I think I'm it's doing sure both. I think IonCube is doing obfuscation and encryption is being done through something else. Sure, only licensed people are using the PHP product. Prevent your PHP product from the old world. Hmm. Okay, I, I might have to this. I might have to play with this this weekend and see. Uh, you got too much stuff to do. You don't play with this yet. <laughs> this weekend, I said, I I still have my weekends, man. I can't go out and play baseball. So this is it, man. This what is are what you I going do. out and playing baseball? Wait a second. <laughs> oh boy you guys you guys are killing me uh did you see um i i tweeted out a new uh a new news feed you guys can check out called lobsters have have you did you guys notice this or did you guys see the tweet i didn't see the tweet but i I I looked it up this uh, and uh somebody somebody mentioned they're like yeah i used to be a big fan of hacker news and when he when they were saying that it, this was on a podcast, I thought to myself, "Yeah, Hacker News used to be good, but it's a bunch of you know garbage now." And then they said the same thing, and they're like, "So I've I moved over to Lobsters." I'm like, "Lobsters? What a weird name for a for a tech site." But I I've been I've been hitting it for the last few days, and I'm pretty happy. It's got some. How? I mean, it's very when? Hacker News. When news-ish. do you have time to do it? That's what I don't understand. Uh, what's that? So when do you have time to go digging through this? It's five minutes in the morning. You just pop in, you see what's out there, and you know it's, it Man, doesn't take a lot of time. time. It sounds to me like you're paying them too much. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, composer in a thousand directions. Composer news. Composer news. Um. Last Sunday was the nine years since Composer's first commit, and they've released the 2.0 dev builds. Uh, so you can check it out now. And I think the big thing that is in 2.0 is a parallel downloading of packages. <laughs> I, I was just thinking the only thing I would wanted to do was would be parallel downloading of packages. That's literally the only change I'd want. I don't want anything else in Composer to change. It does what it needs to do. Don't try to do too much more. Uh, I've joined the uh, the Windows Insider program. What does that mean? That means I get uh, preview builds of Windows every does month Bill or so. Bill invite you to, to lunch? Oh, okay. No. Um, I did that because it was announced today that, I'm sorry, yesterday, that uh, there's support for the native Linux file system in Windows Explorer now. In Windows okay. Explorer, or File Explorer. What what does that what does that do for you? Uh, so previously, when you installed the WSL stuff, the Windows subsystem for Linux, mm-hmm. it sort of squirreled away the whole file system into a virtual drive that you could only access within that subsystem. Mm-hmm. Um, but now. In your file explorer, you get a Linux tab that lets you browse it as if it were just a regular file system on your computer. Is it 
is it another partition or is it doing some sort of masking of the existing partition? It's a it's a virtual partition, I think. <clears throat> I think it's a dynamically scaling virtual partition. But still, what does that do for you? I'm still lost. What, what you is, can browse, what you can browse the Linux files and the the Linux root from uh-huh. within Windows. Oh, from the from 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 the Explorer. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I see what you're saying. So, like, if you have something in slash home slash user in the Linux portion, you can now get to it through navigation. Yeah. of The file system. Okay, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about because I tried to do that uh, once when I when I wanted to open up a file uh, in a I, I think it was an image file. I'm like, oh, I need to open this image file. And I was trying to figure out how to get to it from Explorer. And I'm like, where the hell are these files in Explorer? And couldn't find it. Where the hell do you have a Windows machine? I I have the, uh, you. I told you this. I, I got that, uh, that virtual machine because of the client that I needed the damn RDS, the Windows RDS. We had this conversation like a year ago. <laughs> if I remember a year ago, clearly he wasn't all the way tuned into that episode of the podcast. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I still have it. Um, I still have it on my machine. I fire it up about once a month just so it updates because it, I don't, I don't want to get to a point where I need it and have to start it. And then it takes like three days to update. It's, it's funny. You should mention that because I just happened to do that today. I, I started it up just so it would update and then I shut it down again. Really? Yeah, it runs I, pretty I'm good. A, you know, uh, we we've got I'm those impressed. external GPUs. We got the external GPUs, and it runs decently. I tried to, I tried to run OBS on it so that I could, I could pipe, pipe our OBS through that when the OBS was crashing on Mac, but it wasn't running that good. <laughs> <laughs> but it runs, it runs decently. I mean, I don't, I don't use it more than like five minutes, so I, I'm probably not really giving you an honest opinion but the little bit i do use it 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 seems to be fine i i don't i don't really spend a lot of time in it don't miss it we have to hear more hear more about this uh, client that needs this because i'm confused i have a client that needs a windows machine but i don't have one so they suck yeah yeah I'll, i'll 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 refresh your memory uh it had to do with the migration at a secure government site of uh, servers. But you needed a Windows machine for that. I'm so. Yep, it, it had a. So <clears throat> we it, they implemented a new cloud solution, and I remember that it had a whole. It had a whole. Uh, it was. It's all Microsoft, and the only way you for a while because they couldn't figure out their their firewalls correctly. The only way I could connect to our Linux machines was to fire up this RDS interface uh, to to the virtual environment and then open a terminal window through it. And RDS, the the Microsoft RDS client for Mac wasn't compatible with it. It was this long thing. It was a pain in the butt. So yeah, that's my that's that was my life. But now you don't need it, but you still update it. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I look like I lost you there, Thomas. Sorry. 
You're, you're muted, buddy. You're muted. Still, Still muted. muted. Everything's working great. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you got here? You got some CAPTCHA? Recaptcha to HCAPTCHA? What's that? This is interesting. So last week, it wasn't a big story for, for us, but um, Cloudflare, which runs the 1.1.1.1 DNS, mm-hmm. they released 1.1.1.2 which is an ad blocking or not ad blocking. I'm sorry. Malware blocking uh, DNS server. Oh, 1.1.2. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about a family DNS server 1.1.1.3, I think that will allow you to filter which sites uh, the family can and can't see. And you can get reports on your family's usage and things like that. Interesting. Really? Um, yeah. And uh, that's cool and all, but not really a relevant story for PHP Ugly usually. But then I saw that they're moving from reCAPTCHA to HCAPTCHA. And reCAPTCHA, everyone knows, is Google's solution for you know preventing bots as well as training their machine learning systems. And I guess I just... I. Uh, we don't use it enough for it to be an issue, but they they charge for the product now if you're over certain rates, um, certain usage levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cloudflare started getting concerned about privacy and Google sort of randomly being blocked in China and places like that. So they went looking for a solution and settled on HCAPTCHA, uh, which they explain in this sort of lengthy blog post about why, but it basically boils down to, Hey, they respect privacy. Their model is selling a product, not, not gathering data and their support for uh, privacy pass, which is a plugin for Firefox and Chrome, which allows you to sort of permanently authenticate as a real person. And they just had a lot of stuff here, but I'm like, it, it got me thinking. Like, is Cloudflare becoming the good guy? I, I am a fan of Cloudflare. I mean, they they seem to go. So Cloudflare, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the one where um, something was happening with neo Nazis and some on on the internet. And yes, started that's shutting the one. down, and then the CEO said. I should not have this power. Yes. And yeah, I, I I got respect for them. Uh, they seem to do a lot for for. I mean, they seem to be legit about privacy. Yeah. And so is it is this a new service they're offering though? I I'm I'm not not completely cl- clear. Well, so Cloudflare's main product, I think, is uh, flood protection, you mm-hmm. know, DDoS protection and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and. I believe that they use reCAPTCHA as part of that package. They don't have their own reCAPTCHA system. Um, mm. And so I, th- I think that it's just a, it's just a switch over for them on the products that they've already got deployed out. Mm-hmm. But they have, I mean, they have a lot of products. That's the thing. Yeah. 
So, so what is H capture then? I, I, I don't understand. It's just a it's a functional bot detection system that uh, replaces reCAPTCHA and has better uh, scruples as far as privacy goes. But but it's something you can implement today. It's yeah, it's a paid oh, yeah, product. There's a whole site on it now. Yeah, I'm catching up here. I really should. Uh, I really well, should check it's, this. It's, it's free to use for publishers of any size. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, this was this. Yeah. Yeah, this is cool. I'm gonna have to look into this. This is uh, this is pretty cool. If you want so the enterprise have... solution, it's gonna cost money. Yeah, yeah. They have an enterprise level that lets you control a lot Contact of different sales. stuff. Hey, look at that. Enterprise service level agreements is part of their enterprise package. That's crazy SLA? talk. Really? Stop it. That doesn't seem like an enterprise thing. <laughs> hmm. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the energy to start. Don't we, worry. We were saying nice things earlier about Laravel, so let's, uh, let's, let's just keep it there. <laughs> All right. I'm still know, using late. I'm still using simple captcha in my stuff. It's funny. Yeah. We're using the uh, recaptcha v3, the invisible one. Listen, I did in my guys, in previous life. Giving me all sorts of homework, man. Now, now I got to look at hcaptcha this weekend. I got to look at PHP Bolt this weekend. I got more CouchDB stuff to do this weekend. Focus on I that. I got to stop talking to you guys. Focus on the. the Couch DB stuff. Couch DB rocks, man. I, I tell you what, I every time every time I start to play with Couch DB, I'm like, this is fun. Like this is so useful. I need to use this more frequently. And then I don't. But I I, I, must, I think I tried talking new... them out of it and going to Firebase or AWS's Dynamo DB or whatever. Mm -mm. And he's like, Nope, we're sticking with Couch. I'm like, okay. I think with I the new, this coupled with the new Laravel HTTP client. that That's the key. I don't have to do the whole Guzzle thing anymore. I can just do HTTP get, HTTP put, HTTP delete. Guzzle's not that hard. Maybe it sound like it's, well, it's so difficult. It's even, it's even easier now. Even easier. It's, it's not know. that hard, but it's, what, PSR 5? Where it's got that weird format to, like support multiple events resulting from execution I, I i i don't like the new guzzle and if if you guys remember a couple weeks ago i i did caporizio's little trick with uh sushi and i was actually reading from a couch db database through a model it was fantastic yeah. I was now whose database that was no one knows but it was hey doesn't matter it was a, it was a couch db database and I was I was bringing it into an eloquent model. It was it was it was perfect. It was perfect. It was a perfect model. Now you, you know, one of these days there's going to be a big vulnerability, and they're going to call it couch surfing. I know, I know. And because of that right. alone, it'll be big news. I you know I gotta I gotta be honest with you, Thomas. I liked uh, I liked recording earlier in the day. It was it was more fun. It was more light. I wasn't as tired. If I could have chosen to do that today instead of what I was doing, I 100% would be on board. <laughs> oh, 
Yes, the self-quarantine will be over before you know it. I, yeah, uh, but then the school I, year's over. The teenagers are still there. I got a and, perfect hack for you, though. Check it out. Check it out. You know how everybody's wearing masks, which, you know, it's like questionable if it helps or not helps, but, you know, it's wearing the mask and the social distancing. I got a hack for you. You know, I walk my dog every morning, right? Dress like a Mormon. You dress like a Mormon. You put on a white shirt, a tie, and a name badge. People just stay six feet away from you. You can just like walk wherever you want, and people just avoid you. Well, especially a, a Mormon of your size. It's an unusual <laughs> sight. It's uh, it's been working working well for me. I don't have to wear a mask or anything. I just walk wherever I want. And nobody, nobody, nobody will approach me. I'm sorry to to all our Mormon uh, listeners out there. I do love you guys. No, they don't. They don't use electricity. They don't hear us. That's the wrong. That's Amish. <laughs> is the show is the show over? I think that's the end of the show. Considering one of our biggest clients is run by Mormons, I, I don't think that's before really we get the case. kicked off the air. Thanks to our Patreons. I have been trying to log on to Patreon for like the last two weeks to see who's on the list. And Patreon has completely locked me out. I try proxies. I try different browsers. I cannot log into Patreon. I don't know why it is. but How are you locked you... up, but I'm not? And I guess John is neither. I don't know. I It doesn't. Like I said, I, I tried my proxy servers. Everything I do, it seems to know who I am and not not let me in. Maybe I'm you using an old password. It's Anyways, password. thanks to him. What are you talking about? Huh? It's in one password. What are you talking about? I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I, I have a pretty good idea how to do this shit, and I can't log into that damn site. And it keeps telling me it's sending me an email. It never does. Although when I open up a support ticket, it sends me an email. You guys probably had seen that. And it sends nope. me an email, no problem. You but, sure you're like uh, even logging into the right account? Yeah, yeah, positive. I know, I know what I'm doing, man. I, I'm the one that created the account and put it in one password, so I know if John's logging in, I should be logging in. <laughs> That's the biggest frustration for me. And I can't figure out how it knows who I am because, like I said, I keep bouncing my proxy servers around, and it still figures it out. Drives me nuts. All right, that's it. That's it. We're done. I'm not complaining anymore. We had a great show. We talked about a lot of code. We did this some uh, social engine, social hacking there, and this and that. Dr. little coronavirus turned you guys on to some new sites. I got some homework to do this weekend. I, this is why I appreciate talking to you guys. But we're done. I got to go to bed. You, I got I got a sure CPAP machine to put on. Huh? How's the CPAP machine treating you? It. It it reports me every time I don't sleep long enough with it on. It's frustrating. I have to sleep six hours a night, or it gives me. I I, I get a grade now when I sleep, and I know I know not everybody can see. Like if you're listening to the audio version, you're not going to have any idea what I'm doing. But I'm I'm showing the team that uh, I actually I get a grade when. Oh, where's the camera? Can you can you see that? Uh, trying to get the glare for well, you. Because you keep uh, moving it. Anyways, I get a grade every night I sleep, and it's based on on how long I sleep, uh, how many incidents I have, and how much uh, leakage I have through my mask. 
And I actually, so, all right. I don't want to get deep in this, but my whole sleep insomnia issue, it wasn't sleep insomnia, but my lack of sleep, uh, sleep deprivation had really gotten to be a bad thing and put me in a really bad space, um, bad place. And uh, we actually had to cancel a show because I had gotten so sick off of it and this and that and the other thing. I got the CPAP machine just in time. But before I got the CPAP machine, and I already shared with you guys, you know, all the numbers and stuff and how crazy it was. And when I went to pick up the CPAP machine, that person, that was the first time they saw the numbers, they flipped out. They're like, Mr. Johnson, you don't understand. You you may die any day now. You've got to start using this. So I did. I, I've been using it ever since. So you don't have to but hard sell it. I already bought the thing. I actually reached out to John. So I had been, I, my sleep pattern had, had reduced down to one to two hours at a time. And then that's all I could sleep for. It was like an hour or two. I would be up for about an hour. I'd fall back to sleep for about an hour. Uh, that was my life for probably about the last year or two. Uh, no, probably for like the last six months. For the last year, uh, I've been sleeping for about three hours a night. Uh, but it, it, it was getting progressively worse. I shared with John, I forget what day it was. I think it was just over the weekend. For the first time in, I couldn't tell you how long, I had slept for like nine straight hours. That That was me in bed, asleep with this mask on for nine hours i have not done that i couldn't even tell you the last time i've done that so it is definitely helping i i am more awake and alert throughout the day going to bed for me i still have anxiety because it is a process you know you got to put the mask on and then i have this paranoia in the back of my my head that it's going to try to kill me one night and just cut off my oxygen because <laughs> I, I had a problem like the first night i had it and I was trying to sleep in bed where I was laying straight down. They had turned it up so high because my condition was so bad that it was just pumping air into me. And I like, couldn't exhale. And it was the weirdest sensation. It freaked me, <laughs> freaked me the hell out. So I still have anxiety of it. But all in all, it's, it's helping. I'm sleeping at least four hours a night, typically six hours. And like I said, the one night, the nine hours. So, And you feel better? I do feel better. I'm I'm not sick anymore. I'm not groggy anymore. I feel more alert. I feel He's rested. Not yelling at our clients as often. <laughs> well, <laughs> that could true. be other things. <laughs> All right, that's it though. All right, I'm off on tangents. We've gone on way too long. This has been hey, we didn't talk episode about, we didn't 187. Talk about this thing. You're you're a little uh, you're I, you're just gotta, main, gotta... mainlining alcohol now. Yeah, I got a beer. I got a beer tap in my office now. I can just go pour a, myself a beer. In a whole beer cat. You poured a couple during the show. I, I was actually very envious when I saw you pop up and grab yourself another beer. That was where you uh, can see my jammy pants. I did. <laughs> yes. Do you have any control over the beer you get? You do. Yes. I'm. I'm frustrated because I didn't take enough time to look at it when I ordered the the first round. I ordered packages versus individual beers. So it was packs of four. Mm. And I've gotten a couple that I'll probably drink because I have them now, but I'm not a pale ale guy. I'm not a, uh, 
lager guy. Gee, so I've got a, if you a only had those, a friend but... who was a pale ale guy that you could have over and invite, I don't know. I, I'm you afraid can't you have anyone over. over. <laughs> Jesus. How quickly he forgets. I'll send, right. you, I'll send you my I... referral code, Eric. You can get your own tap, and then I'll ship you my mini kegs. And that's the other Here's thing. The... You call them mini kegs. I'm expecting these metal kegs, and they're like just plastic bottles of beer. Yeah. And what do you do? You just like screw, screw it in or something? Or how does this work? Like what what's causing the pressure? So you you put the, the keg in, it's just the little hose that comes out of it, you snap it in, and then just when you pull it down, it does its thing. Here's the thing though. I you used it earlier before we started the podcast. Can you go over there and just, just pour yourself like a little shot of beer? What? Without my without muting yourself? Yes. So this is where it becomes a problem for me. I, I love the jammies. There it is. That that sound you're hearing is the other side of the room, not an air conditioner it's, in an old hotel kicking it's in. Four, it's four feet away from me. It, it no, like the other side, the other side so of the room. Small. That is that is at least a tenth of a football field away from him. And my issue with that is, if my wife is sleeping on the couch and I go to grab another beer. And it sounds like we're in a a, a no tell motel. Don't put it, don't put it in your bedroom or your living room. <laughs> the two places that I am. My kitchen is it's a single unit. There's nowhere for me to put it. I'd have to put it in the garage. There you go. That's well, actually where I was thinking about putting mine. That thing would wake up neighbors. You, you can't loud. have it. You can't have it by heat. Is one of the things. Oh, oh, yeah, that would be a problem for my garage. My garage gets hot as hell. Is there any app for on your phone to like tell you how much you have have left or anything? No, no, no. no it just sprays foam there's, everywhere. There's no tech. There's no tech. Uh, no tech angle to this at all. Not at all. Damn it! I think all we've right. learned from the Juicero that that's a bad idea. <laughs> Guys, you don't need, tech. We you don't need an app We're running app. way too long. We're running way too long. I gotta go. If you want a referral code, let me know. You, you brought it up. You brought no, the didn't. beer thing up. Yeah, you did. John, I did. John I did. brought it up. Stop blaming me for shit. I happened to Damn look at his, on his screen. I saw it sitting there behind me. I was like, oh yeah, we didn't talk about that thing. <laughs> I love how little alcohol you drink, yet visible from your camera, you can see a mini kegerator, a cask of whiskey, and a bottle of wine. <laughs> I'm sorry, two bottles of wine. I can tell that that blue one is the Diego Dev bottle of wine. Wow. That's, uh, and he's he's furry. He's, uh, he's pretty blurry there. You oh, it's not. The internet connection. Alright, that's it. I'm cutting you guys off. We're done. All right. Episode 185 is in the can. I am Eric. I'm Tom. I'm John. Keep, Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. 
Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly. Ugly.